At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I think it's I just you. I can't, I can't hear an echo. It is April 19th, 2021. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a Home Before Dark podcast. Oh, the trifecta. The treble. Yeah, I'm, I'm not in on that, I guess. Refix my camera. Get a little a little situated. Thank you guys for joining us on this lovely Monday evening, back at our regular recording time, now that the MLS schedule is back in full swing. I am Tim Herb. As always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Mr. Kevin Bradley in the middle with his mictors. I don't know what that is. Nope, I'm switching it up. Uh, since I've got the new Bud Light flavors, the Mango Mai Tai, I actually have a... Panama rum, which is an eight-year single barrel that's aged in bourbon bottles. So I figured I'd do a little pairing tonight with my seltzer choice. We know no matter the seltzer and bourbon choice, it will be sliding across the table all night into his microphone. We have Dan James <laughs> on the right. Hello. Fresh, I'm fresh drinking a, uh, a wild leap. Was it? Rolling deeper. Cinnamon roll stout. It's pretty, it's a- pretty damn good. Is that an Adele stout? Rolling in the Adele. deep. Adele. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's from Lagrange, Georgia. So yeah. Okay, and we got we got ourselves a um, a traditional medicinals uh, throat coat tea over here. Mm. Because that uh, that weather is is hitting pretty good, or the uh, the allergies. Riveting. Riveting. Yeah, I was on the uh, Peloton bike this morning, and I thought I was actually suffocating, but it was just allergies. Yeah, my old ass is on two different types of allergy medicine. Still not, still not helping. I'm just doing, I'm just doing lines on the hood of my car every afternoon now. I'm just trying to Pollen build up lines? my, yeah, just trying to build up my immunity to it. Better That's than a the good Goody's idea. powder. Yeah, <laughs> normally it's Goody's powder, like Richard Petty would have wanted. I remember seeing that the commercials for that. I was like, are they? Do you snort that? 
Because like I, I had no concept of like a powder to mix into a drink or like whatever to take. Like you actually that. have to take it with a friend because they have to blow it into your face. That's the way. Yeah, they blow it into your eyes. It's the quickest way to your bloodstream. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Because all my references to like white powder from watching like RoboCop and watching like watching crime shows and movies growing up. And, and I see that. I'm like, Richard, is he telling people to to snort? goodies powder mm-hmm. and then go to find out you just better feed that thing dan come on man you just, you i know just, man well this is saying it's going high so i gotta mm. gotta pump, Welcome, pump myself full hey. of insulin i can't imagine it wouldn't be that cinnamon roll stout that you're drinking nah. <laughs> that well, beer milkshake you've got there's, there's 12 percent <laughs> alcohol in it so it's it's pretty good balance uh, oh if you guys are watching us on youtube thank you for joining live in the trap if you're not live, make sure that you're subscribed. If you are live, make sure you subscribe too. Hit the notification bell icon. Make sure you guys know whenever we go live, we're back to our, again, as I prefaced, our regular scheduled time, Monday evenings, 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, following the first weekend of MLS action. There's a lot to discuss. Um, there's a lot to be uninformed about, as we as we like to do. But um, we have a lot of normal names in the trap. We got Elliot Beaven's been here since like 6.30 p.m. Um, we got Richard Gordon. We got Brian, Michelle, Brittany S., Kevin Escobar. Thank you guys for joining us. And Michelle was pointing out Dan's haircut. Yep. Got it all just cut off. Uh, shout out to Elliot Beaven if he's been here since 6.30. He's a lot more dedicated to the podcast than we are. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. I'm just kidding. Because of our lack of dedication, five minutes early to the trap is is might as well be two hours in my opinion. So <laughs> if if you're early, you're you're super early. If you're on time, then you're still you're early. That's still yeah. early. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Unless you're Kevin. And then I <laughs> I still show up 30 minutes early. <laughs> <laughs> just have the anxiety of not being on time. I yeah, I still Look, get that sometimes too. Never want to be late. Showing up on time, still feel late. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Oh, so how are you guys feeling today, Kevin? Like, how how are you feeling coming two days off of uh, MLS uh, opener against Orlando? Okay, um, you know, I'll, I'll be completely honest. I'm just here for the trap and shits and giggles. I didn't watch the game. I just watched extended highlights because of the whole broadcast scenario ongoing also may have been on the golf course Saturday. I'll never, I, I can neither confirm nor deny, but uh, yeah. I did watch extended highlights and post game press conferences. And rather than cutting the cord, I have aged in reverse and I'm now plugging the cord in and joined Comcast cable as of today so that I can get all the games now. All the games. Got that, so got that belly button extension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Reattached the uh, the cord, as it were. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame you. I, I think I would be remiss if I didn't mention the frustrations that were around the broadcast situation. And I just want, like, I'm not trying to make this. I know that always sounds like I'm trying to make it. I'm not trying to make this political. But am I? Am I right in my assumption that it's all of the Silicon Valley based tech firm 
streaming services that have not yet come to an agreement with Sinclair? Is it all based off of political leanings? Like, would they are on either side? Like, are are both of them operating in bad faith when it comes to these negotiations based on politics? Because if you I look think at it's it, money, say, man, all this stuff just comes down to money. I mean, and what but, I've seen is the like the best breakdown I can see is that. Even for cable services, which they don't tell you whenever you're setting up Comcast, and I had to do some negotiating with them whenever I got it set up, there's an extra fee involved for cable subscribers for regional sports channels. Like There's a sports fee built into those services that are not built into YouTube TV and the other streaming services. And so basically the lion's share of YouTube TV and Hulu live subscribers are not taking advantage of those services provided with the regional sports networks. And so the lion's share of that cost is being paid by people that aren't even using it. And so that's the reasoning for those streaming services, not accounting for that is because they're charging such an astronomical rate to get access to that content that cable providers are inherently already paying on top of what their regular cable service is. And so, you know, it just needs to be an option, man. Like that's, that was what all these streaming services started to be was an option to get what you wanted. And it seems like they've gotten less and less of being able to give you an option. And now it's like an all or nothing to get what you want. And so here I am, paying cable and paying for cable and between my internet and cable, I'm paying the exact same amount as what I was paying for internet and YouTube TV. And now I have the stuff that I actually want to watch. It's, it's bizarre, man. And and I'm sure that it'll, the pendulum will swing back the other way and all that, but it's right now it's, I I can't go without watching what I really want to watch, you know? Yeah. Isn't it also, they hold the rights for a number of years, but then after those contracts have expired, then they're going to have to renegotiate or try and get contracts again with the sports league. So, I I mean, you kind of, if you're Hulu and YouTube TV in this landscape and Valley Sports are treating everybody the same way, you're like, well, should we just wait them out? And then when they don't have the contracts anymore, we can just either try and bid for them ourselves or just have um reach negotiations with whoever ends up buying those and then apparently valley sports is coming out with their own streaming app here soon it was supposed to come out before mlb started but it's still not out yet and it's like i'm not i'm not gonna do i'm not gonna be beholden to another subscription service like you know what i mean it's just i'll take i'll take my licks and just take Xfinity and it's going to be less than the cost of YouTube TV plus ESPN plus, plus a VPN plus, you know, yeah. Bally sports. It's like, fuck it, man. I'll go back to it. Whatever. You made your point. You got me. Like, what wh- What do you want me to do? You know? Yeah. I'm sure that Bally sports app is going to be completely free of bugs and will work all the time. Right. right. Well, yeah. If anything, I mean, ESPN, I still can't get to cast the first time. I, I don't know if anybody else has this issue. Every time I use ESPN Plus, I cast to a Chromecast or cast to whatever, Apple TV. I have to wait for it to fail, close the app, go back in, and it'll work the second time. Happens every single time, no matter what we're watching, soccer, 
uh, UFC, whatever it is. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of stuck too, because shout out to Mike Conti because he sent out an amazing, I hope he does this. It might get cumbersome for him to do every single week, but he sent out a pretty comprehensive list of every major TV provider and what channel you could watch it on, including the number for the channel and not just the name of the channel. It was, it was pretty great. That nice. said, because I still haven't gotten over to our Xfinity, whatever our Xfinity store. Um, we still had to stream through Twitter and the problem with that is I cast to, uh, I have like an old, I say old, it's probably like five years old, 65 inch TV is still pretty big. And it's still like, it was letterboxed in the middle and there's nothing I could do about it. Yep. Like it just, no matter what I do, it's just, I don't know. It's a pain in the ass. Again, that's why I was asking. I wasn't trying to cause some stir or anything. I'm just wondering why it's just the tech firms that can't seem to come to an agreement with Sinclair for these Valley sports. Well, it's also channels. frustrating because that was the whole, like that was the justification we all got for the YouTube TV price hike, right? It was like, well, it's got to be for these other channels and regional sports channels and all that being included. And then all of a sudden it's out. It's like they didn't lower their price. It's like once they raise it, they're not going to lower it because something gets taken off the shelf whenever all the NBC products or whatever, because they're all going over to Peacock isn't on there anymore. They're not going to lower that price. You know, it's all of that shit just gets so muddy at a certain point. And once they've got it, they're not going to give it back. Yeah, no, that's that's for sure. I mean, and but hey, we get VH1 again for the first time since I was in college. We get to watch really, really terrible reality TV shows. It's yeah. No, and, and Dean's right. He say ESPN Plus on Chromecast or Google TV is amazing. It works great on my Apple TV. But like if I try and if I'm trying to cast from twitter i have to do it from my computer but that's again it's if it's on espn plus like that's the other thing is it's like i just want one thing that's going to get all my shit and at this point it's just cable because everywhere is coming out with their own streaming service and they're pulling it off of other platforms that were supposed to be a price alternative with all the convenience and all the things that i really wanted that doesn't exist anymore it's just yeah, it's ridiculous. Yes. It, it sucks. It was. Uh, I think it was Ringo who said it's in the, in the age of streaming, blackout blackout restrictions should not exist, especially no. in COVID times. Like it's no. it's fucking ridiculous. What were you gonna say, Dan? Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say it's. You know, we're in this weird transition period where I mean, eventually everything's gonna be streaming. Eventually, you know, in five six years or so, and it's just we're in this weird phase where you know the the cable companies they don't believe cable is completely dead yet they're trying to get every last bit out of it and everyone's trying to negotiate and get the best price and but eventually when it all evens out and we're on 7g uh i think it'll all it's just it's just a really awkward we're in the we're in the teenage years. It's really well. It awesome. sucks because all the like, even the online, you know, we used to go to like Reddit soccer streams and all that, and all of them have gotten pretty much shut down and wiped out. You know, even mm-hmm. all of the pirated stuff is is <laughs> going away, and it's can you believe it? It's ridiculous, man. I mean, like Brett Crawford says, it ultimately is what I'm trying to get to is that at this point, it's just easier to have cable. Like, it's yeah. just. I'll bite the bullet, even if it's me paying 10 more dollars to have that instead of six different things that I've got to manage. I'll just pay the extra $10 a month just to have that. But right now it's, 
it's apples to apples and I can at least get what I really want to have whenever it's time to watch it. So, yeah. And I'll give credit to our, our buddy Percy Herrera because he's been trying to get everybody to switch back to cable for like over a year now since this became an issue. And, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's very disappointing and it kind of detracts from the, uh, season opener, but I mean, I think it has to be said, I don't know that there's anything that any of us can do to put pressure on, any of these companies, but it really sucks that we're, we have archaic restrictions to how we can watch our team. It's I, I, and I'll leave it at this. It was very ironic. I got an email the morning or late morning before the game from Hulu and Disney plus or whatever it was. It was Disney because it was Hulu and ESPN emails. Like you can watch ML, MLS is back and you can stream the games on ESPN plus. So what a slap in the face to get that the morning yeah. of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And God damn it, this is America. This shouldn't be happening. <laughs> I should be able to watch whatever I want, when I want, whatever the hell I want, and eat ice cream at the same time. I mean, what the fuck? And dip my French fries in it. Bring damn it. <laughs> right, Kevin. So so that said, I took you guys on a long tangent. Again, I saw I, I have talking points throughout tonight's show but i'm interested to hear your thoughts specifically because i didn't i didn't get to watch the game um so what were you guys thoughts i mean starting with lineup like we normally do i did see that joseph contrary to what i think we all thought was who we thought was going to start did not start uh we saw mulraney back in a starting position that had not been there the week prior um a couple of different changes in that lineup uh, what do you what do you guys think about lineup and, and the game at least uh, at a first glance? Um, yeah, I was surprised. I thought Joseph might get the start, but I guess we're, he's either going to start or he's going to come on as a sub. It seems like uh, I thought I was happy to see the the defensive lineup with Sosa in there. I worry what we're going to do when Sosa needs a break or God forbid needs to uh sit for a little while um i was surprised to see Moreney, but i'm kind of i mean he when he played against Adel huenze and he had to come off because of the guzan red card he was playing pretty good um and i think he's got a lot of potential um and a and to get until dam gets to where he needs to be uh, i feel like Moreney can fill in uh i mean had that sh- that one straight shot on goal which was um, pretty impressive, but it was just saved, obviously. But uh, And also, I was happy to see Moreno. I think Mahindman deserves his place, and Barco. They were kind of ones that we thought we would see anyway. But, um, yeah, lineup, I was like, okay, I, I can go with that. Tim, lineup? No, yeah, I was good with it as well. I, I think, you know, I... As as a pragmatist and, and looking at it objectively, it makes sense to not start Joseph still. Mm-hmm. As much as we wanted to see it, as much, as much as I know that passion is burning in his gut to get back in, into scoring form and get on the field and really represent this team, especially at the opportunity down in Orlando, it makes sense. And I'm sure – see, I think the difference, too, um, is that I think Heinze – probably is doing a better job of managing Joseph's expectations and managing um, just the, the talk around his return to the field where I don't know that DeBoer's people skills or his communication would have probably translated as such 
I think he and he and Joseph already had a kind of a contentious relationship from what it seemed like. We we saw some moments last year, um, but I mean, he seems to be in great spirits still, which is which is fantastic. And um, in terms of, I think Mulraney's the only only thing that really stood out to me in the lineup, but. It was also pretty interesting to see, and I think Felipe even wrote a full like article about how telling it was that Machop Machop Chol came in before Jurgen Dam did, and the fact that we haven't seen Jurgen Dam start. There's there's got to be something going on in training where he doesn't, you know, he's not really showing out and really endearing himself to to Heinze right now because. All things considered, looking at last year's lineup, looking at performances, and looking at our need for a, a good attacking winger, having lost Bialba, having lost Gressel, you would think that Dan would be the next guy up. I don't know, man. I mean, I feel like Brooks Lennon is that guy for us right now. I mean, no, he, he is. has completely taken that position and made it his own. I mean... Every bit of the extended highlights I watched was all service coming into the box on set piece creation with Lennon or in the run of play from right wing from Lennon. Like I think even in those first two games um, in CCL, you know, I think he's really established himself as that player on that right hand side. And, you know, the, the Mulraney thing is it's like I feel like him and Ibarra are going to kind of swap back and in, back and forth throughout the season. And I, I, I agree, Tim. I think it's just Dam hasn't shown out as much as what Brooks Lennon has and sort of endeared himself to Heinze, you know? Yeah, and I will say the one thing that really does stand out that I really like about Gabriel Heinze, and maybe it goes back to you guys' fight about Alan Franco last week, but <laughs> – the fact that a guy who got brought in, granted, I would say Jurgen Dam has been, um, his stock was not super high whenever he signed for us. And it was kind of a reclamation project in some ways whenever he came over and kind of restart, kickstart his career. But to look at a guy like Dam, who a lot of people were expecting to start, and to see that he is not getting an automatic bid to get on the field in lieu of Jake Mulraney, but then also getting a super draft pick, or I guess was he a super draft or he was a homegrown player? How does that work? Because he was, Chol was a homegrown player, went and played at Wake Forest and now he's back. Is that, did we draft him or like, did we have his, I don't know how that ended up working, but the fact that I don't, yeah. it's in the, it's in the show description. We don't really get too far into details of that <laughs> rules of MLS. <laughs> five years in. This is our fifth year. Right? No, no, how, it's crazy. How crazy is that? Yeah. Um, but the Chol fact that, was um, an academy product. And then right, after the went academy, to, he went to Wake Forest. Yeah. And, and then, then came, how did he come back, though? Was it a like MLS rights? We signed him, or I we think had we had like the draft. I believe we had his rights anyway because he was a homegrown coming through our academy. And then I believe it was just a, a I don't think he came through the draft. I'm sure someone in the trap will correct me if he did, yeah. but I think he was just a signing that we, you know, kept that relationship with and um, saw him play in Wake Forest. And Yeah, I, I just know, think that Heinze, it's, it's very positive to me that he doesn't seem to have any preconceived notion or any sort of bias towards these players coming in. I, I, I will I say none of these players so far, so far, have been 
his players, though. I would say that Franco is probably the first of this new batch that, I mean, well, it's, Sosa. well yeah, and Sosa, it's, I, but I mean, Sosa has certainly proven himself, but it'll be interesting yeah. back to your point about mine and Dan's argument last week. What happens whenever there's somebody that Heinz has clearly went after and wanted to have as a part of this lineup is now you know, poised with the task of, um, uh, earning his minutes, so to speak, or, or taking that spot from somebody that's been playing and improving themselves in the first three to four weeks, whenever Franco gets into the lineup, you know, I think that's going to be a different dynamic. Dan certainly wasn't that. And he was able to be evaluated from a, um, an unbiased standpoint. It'll be interesting to see what happens whenever there's going to be an inherent bias for somebody that Heintz clearly wants and wanted to fit into this system. So, so I don't think he specifically – so his – from what I've read, I understand his primary need was a centre-back, a starting centre-back. I mean, when Giannetti came in, I mean, he really wanted Giannetti. I mean, that was his guy. That I mean, was even his after guy more the, than Alan Franco was. That he – even after the medical, he was – Heinz still wanted a man mm-hmm. United to take him. Um, and – as for training, I really don't think Heinz gives a shit about who you are, what you're getting paid. All he cares about is how you're performing. That's, I really believe, and that's what he cares about. And if you're not performing, he doesn't care about you. But if you are performing, it's like, okay, well, you can take a spot. Um, Within reason, though. Like, that was one of the things from the post game conference that I really enjoyed that. Hearing Lennon, who we just talked about, who has clearly endeared himself to Heinze and has sort of taken on that position, him talking about Heinze's role and interest in the players, not just on the field, but off the field and wanting to know what's going on with them on a personal level and trying to mold them as individuals rather than just inside the locker room. You know, I think it it says a lot about what he's doing to try to endear himself and not even endear himself, but to um, sort of meld himself with the locker room and the lineup and, and the players that are playing for the team, whether they're on the bench or not, so that they know that he has a vested interest in them as individuals, not just as players, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I agree with you, but I think that, you know, if you're not, yeah, if yeah. he's putting that investment no, yeah, into absolutely. you and you're not performing and Lennon has to me been, so far, one of the highest performing players outside of Sosa yeah. um, this season. Um, you know, I mean, Heinz has been there. He's done that. Um, and if you're not going to perform for him, then he I, he may help, you know, talk to you like, okay, this is what we need to be improved. Maybe this is why I didn't pick you. Um, but I still think it's going to be, you know, You've 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 got to put your you've got to put your um, effort in for him to put his effort into you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the way it needs to be, right? I, I and I think I I love that already. Like it's I'm I I was all for giving more patience and 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 all the opportunity in the world to in you know rare circumstance last year to kind of right the ship and when he was gone it's it's whatever it's up to the uh, the front office but being that they got their guys like 
he is, I, I think we keep using the word endearing, but I think he's definitely endearing himself to me in the way that he's managing this team, the way that he's switching up, switching up the lineup where it needs to be switched up. He is not letting guys slack off. He's, you know, he's ticking all the boxes. We're playing attractive soccer. We're not scoring yet. I, I still think that a lot of the a lot of the way uh, that we're circulating the ball, the chances that we're getting, the the final product's not there. But it's you could see what's building. We talked about that I think last week. It's kind of there's a genesis of like a complete and uh, total soccer team out there that I, I think is the dam's going to break. <laughs> not to, uh, probably not with him in the lineup, though. Um, the dam is going to break with with, uh, with regards to scoring, and I, I think that we're we're off to the right foot. I think we're off to as good of a start as we could have hoped for coming into the season off of last year. Brand new manager, some turnover in the in the squad, new formation, everything, and, and coming up. I mean, I, I think Elliot Beaven though is one of the first things that he said in the uh, in the trap was Alexi Laws and Stu Holden hating on Atlanta United but did not mention they played a good Orlando team not giving them uh what do you say not giving them beef about their their performance yeah I think that's correct um yeah. I think that look I think well, Orlando, I, Orlando needs I hate giving them credit but they're a good yeah. team yeah. and the fact that we went down in our first game probably in 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 front of that many fans and how long yeah and we still we had to look at all those players had to actively engage and look at Nani's hair for 90 minutes. I mean, that alone. And not get a boner. Is that what you're saying? Because <laughs> <laughs> that was my uh, strong. No, that's just, <laughs> I think disgusting. All right. Joseph Barco and Anton Walks all looked at him and said, dude, that is not so what we were trying to gross. do. That was, oh, God. Thing is, uh, the thing is, he looked at himself in the mirror that morning. Like, this is what like, I want. This is, I this paid is for this. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Alex Morrison, longtime listener, first time live commenter. Good evening, boys. Good to yeah. have you, man. Yeah, Absolutely. interact. Uh, I believe we interact with Alex a decent amount on um, on Twitter. So it's good to see him in here. Same with uh, Jeff Rollins. Saw Jeff Rollins yep. uh, subscribed earlier. He's in the trap. And um, <laughs> Stephen Perales, I think. He says, "Off topic. Have you guys tried the Topo Chico?" It's seltzers? all my list. I can't wait. And he's, can't he's talking wait. about the hard. He's talking about the hard seltzers, right? Because of course he is. Why would he okay. be talking about anything else on this show? He's not talking to you. Why? Would, I'm just joking. <laughs> Bitch, I drink. I drink spicy water every single podcast. I got that. I got that uh, blackberry <laughs> citrus from Kroger. Still one of the best flavors out uh, there. Like. Lacroix keeps putting great stuff out. Lacroix no, got Topo the- Chico is is top shelf, just regular yeah. seltzer. I can't wait yeah. to get their. Uh, oh yeah, their Tim, it's taken me a little while, but I'm firmly on board the limoncello train. Okay, Gross. perfect. Oh it my is, gosh, so it's it's not. It is not a typical seltzer. It is a dessert seltzer. Like it is a re- like a reward for yourself. It's like a Certain fine dessert wine. It's it is like, like it has. This, <laughs> it has this. Um, <laughs> It's not umami, right? Because it's not like a soy flavor, but it's oh like, like I can't describe the flavor it has. It's kind like of got that quality. It's got that richness that a Gross. classic Coca Cola has. So it's like that it's was the, what it's, I it's 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 the what is it the muscadine wine of uh, seltzers, <laughs> basically. 
No, I'd say a, I'd say a heavy port. A heavy port. <laughs> That's what Brian just said. I drink it out of a port glass. <laughs> <laughs> That's it does. It has like a creamy, like it has a creamy t- like consistency. Not consistency, but like a quality. To it. I I can't. I can't. It's got a good. It. It, it, but it's got it's got uh, it's got a rounded essence that none of the other Lacroix have. I'm good. Yeah. That's true. I'm good. That's very true. Um, so Nani is really in taking on this Florida man stereotype. Oh. Pretty good with that haircut, oh. right? I mean, and he's endearing he himself. I think he's trying to, to become the, the Orlando mascot. Face. I think he's secretly just transitioning into becoming the Orlando mascot. He's just mm. growing out his mane. Hmm. I mean, respect if he can like take it all the way down here. <laughs> I mean, respect if he can do that. You know what's bad is I can totally see him just because of Euro fashion. I can see him with that walking around with like a purple, like maybe quarter sleeve shirt and then maybe some cut off like Daisy Duke jean shorts and totally both being European fashion and then also being Florida florida man fashion as well and then being anti-vax and anti-mask yeah he just the venn diagram of (laughs) euro and florida fashion is not it soon he's gonna have the dog the bounty hunter look and it's gonna he's truly endeared himself to their fan base (laughs) i mean man i'm waiting for the dog the bounty hunter look that'll be amazing if he does i mean it will be it will be oh that'll be amazing Oh, Michelle says, don't insult the, and then she spells it wrong and makes it so much better. The, you're, you're a penis. (laughs) (laughs) And then on to, on to the next subject. Um, All right. Speaking of Nani, how about, how about, was that, it was Nani and um, Barco, Barco, right? Yeah. And Joseph's just behind them. So what happened? So Nani had um, he had the ball on the end line on the the sideline, and Barco comes in like two feet, try almost. I mean, makes an amazing sliding tackle, gets the ball and everything, but Nani has to jump like six feet into the air to avoid the tackle. Doesn't get hit, yeah. but then he tells Barco that he's displeased with the way that Barco came in, and unfortunately, Barco's like he's not looking Nani in the eye, and Nani's kind of being like. Over, you know, he's got his whole shoulders hunched down and he's looking down at Barco, giving him the daggers. Um, and Barco's just like, Yeah, made the tackle, man. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? So, just um, behind him, just grinning. It's yeah. really, it oh, was, it was such a great moment. That's yeah. great. He's, oh. he's, uh, uh, nanny. Anyway, so I feel like at defense, we are so, we're sorry. I'm so happy with, um, our defense, especially where we are in the third game of our, that we that we've played, um, third competitive game that we've played. Obviously, we're still a little shaky at the back here and there, but you know we've kind of been told that that's what to expect with the Heinz system. But then, as we, I feel like these guys have done fantastic. Uh, I feel like we really have um, got a solid back line. Um, thanks to Miles, thanks to Walks, thanks to Sosa. Sosa has been immense. I feel like. Um, I think I called him the Carlos Loren uh, Nag Nagloenwitz Perez or something. 
Um, he's like a mold of Carmona, Jeff, Nagby, and LGP all rolled into one handsome package. Um, and then, of course, as we I think I said this last week, as we kind of go forward, uh, our attacking midfield is it's not too bad, and our wings are pretty good. But the thing is, we've got no one in the box. Like, if we're trying to make a cross, if we're trying to do, like, a, a damn cutback pass, it's there just doesn't seem to be anyone there to really challenge the centre-backs. Uh, so as soon as you stick three, four guys in the box, you're you're easily going to keep Atlanta United off the ball. Um, I'm wondering if there's a way that we can have um, – if there's, there's a way we can have two forwards on the pitch because – I don't think we've got a number nine who can do it by himself because Joseph is Joseph. But now I think it's pretty obvious over three games that he just doesn't have it, have the same um, threat that he's had when he's been healthy. So he's not going to create those gravity wells yet that we, that to pull those defenders out to make room for other one, anyone else. So it's either we just wait on Joseph or we find another way to get, uh, another forward up top that can give Lopez or or someone some more striking power. Maybe it's someone on the wing like we can pull uh, Dam or Moraney and put Conway up there and maybe shift. Maybe you go to a, a 4-2-3-1 or, um, I mean, not 4-2-3, like a 4-1-3-2 or something like that where you can get more guys upfield or you're relying on your wingbacks to just pressure more like we did it with uh, under Martino where they would just go and then we would just deal with it at the back if it came back. So that's and that's I think my some of that'll right I think some of that'll depend on when Franco gets in the lineup too, right? Like especially if he's what we're assuming he would be as far as having players at the back to just deal with it depending on what that back line is comprised of. If you've got players back there that you know are going to be able to, you know, that's one of my questions I guess about this week is saw Bello step up, ends up having a huge save on the post to keep one of the best opportunities on goal for Orlando out whenever, uh, I forget who it is, is coming into the box. Yeah, Miles slides, uh, walks, gets out of position, they take a shot, it gets deflected, kicks back out to the top of the 18, Bella just happens to go near side post to just clear it out as it comes in online because Guzan wasn't in position for it, you know. what were you guys' thoughts on Bello this week? I know he's been kind of up and down over the past few weeks and, and talking about defense and then kind of work our way up the field. What were your thoughts on him this week? I honestly don't know that I have a bad thing to say about any of our defense, any of our defensive players this weekend. Um, I don't, I thought Bello was fine compared, like he wasn't the weak link that I don't think, I don't think that he was whenever uh, in either of the CCL games. I thought that I thought that he was fine. I mean, to me, I think Brooks Lennon has been the standout on the defensive end um, in terms of his ability to attack. It's it's just crazy. I mean, you already spoke to it, but if you want to talk, like his he's been the focal point of the offense right now, and that's both a bad thing and then also great because it's showing how how good he can be. But I mean, I'm I'm good with Barca or uh, Bello. I mean, from this past weekend, I think just keep on keeping on. I think he's getting better as, as the games go on. And um, do you think he's doing, you know, obviously Lennon is the standout, right. And 
correct me if I'm wrong, you're kind of expecting, but not really expecting Bello to do a similar role over on the left side where you want him to get at least a little bit more engaged on the front end of the ball. You know, we've seen it here and there, but it just seems like whenever you compare those two, if they're really going to do kind of similar roles moving up and down the field, I think Bello, you're wanting to have a little bit more of a defensive role than you want Lennon to, but comparing those two, you know, you can't help but see a little bit of a discrepancy there in what their output is on the field. And I think that Bella will get there. Um, but, you know, what do you, what was his play like this week as far as what he was doing on the offensive side of the ball? I think he was good. We just don't um, – Bella was good. And he went – I mean, he went toe-to-toe from what I can see, with Ruan. And Ruan's one of the fastest guys in the league. Uh, and he's a fantastic defender. So, I mean, Bello caused him some problems. Ruan caused Bello some problems. But the thing is, because Bello was such, caused so many problems, it caused Ruan to have to stay and be pinned back and deal with Bello. So he wasn't able to get into the attack, which was fantastic. So it was kind of like Bello almost defending higher up the field. Um, I think that, so I've been really impressed with Bello. I know we all, I've given him shit for, you know, having, getting some balls behind it, but he's, he's going to learn that. And the the thing is the kid is so quick. Um, he will eventually get that defensive stuff, but I think like, let's just, I mean, let's push him to be more of an attacking player. That's okay for me. And to your point, Kevin, I think when, Franco comes in the lineup. If you line up with a back of a back three, if you start off with that, you know, we've been playing four, three, three, uh, the past few games. So if you start off with the walks, miles and Franco back line with Sosa in front of them, then you've provided like almost, it's like a defensive diamond or, you know, a, a triangle with miles in the middle to kind of clean up whatever, then that will allow you to push Bellen, Heinemann, Lennon up front um, and Bello and Lennon can kind of take those wing spaces, but then we're kind of pushing more guys into the middle. So you could push like Barco, Lopez, and, and Conway up there, and that should hopefully get more guys into the into the box to deal with crosses. The only thing is then you just got to be really careful on your wings, and I think we would be okay when the ball gets further back into like our, our defensive third, but then you're kind of – you're creating a lot of space on the wings in the middle half of the pitch. So I think that that could be something we potentially see. Um, and that those are three solid defenders, whichever yeah. way you look at it. Uh, plus Sosa. I mean, it'll be interesting to see something like, and I, I would assume we would start to see it yeah. in the next few games. So Tim, what do you think to Dan's point, moving up to the front end of the field and offensive side of the ball, you know, what are you thinking over the next couple of weeks? Seems like Atlanta's kind of missing that last step into goal generation mode, so to speak. You know, I think even though it ended up being nil-nil, the shots and shots on goal were the same between Atlanta and Orlando this past week. So it's not like they aren't taking shots or, or making opportunities. I think it's just a little bit less than 
fans would expect and obviously that the team would expect considering that um, in three games they put up two goals. What do you think is missing on that front end of the ball and what do you think may change over the next couple of weeks? I love what Barco's doing. I think that one thing he has reverted back to that that vertical or the lateral dribbling, I should say, where he is not we saw last year and even some, I think, in preseason maybe, where he seemed like he was more willing to take shots from more adventurous positions and, and try to you know create chaos in the box with those shots. And I'm seeing that like gun shyness from him. Hopefully that's not something that's going to stick around because I think I think he he and um, Brooks Lennon are like our, our catalysts right now in terms of offense. Um I, I don't know what to expect from Moreno right now. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that his shakiness and his his rustiness is just that. I think that he just needs to get his sea legs under him, and I think that'll end up, you know, he'll end up being uh, a little more important in the attack. I don't know. I like the idea, though, that you had, Dan, in terms of playing two forwards up there. It's something we have. I don't remember the last time we really saw it to be honest, but if you take, let's say we take Mulraney out, kind of reform and, and retool and put, and put Jackson Conway and Lissandra Lopez up front and you can maybe kind of task uh, Licha to be that true holding number, number nine and, and hopefully get Conway some, some good chances and, and kind of open him up to be more of a free roaming forward. I liked what I saw out of Conway last year. I don't know. Obviously, USL is a different competition and or different level of competition than MLS. And I, I don't know. I'd be interested to see him in there. But we, we, I don't know. It just seems like we break down. We do so well again, building out of the back and just being short up in the back line and being able to build out of the back and not in a super direct fashion. I think is very positive. I think. If there's one piece, if, if what we're missing is that final piece up front, I'm totally fine with that because I well, that's not exciting soccer, Tim. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> that's not what you said last year. FDB out, Heinz out for sure. <laughs> Can't uh, just be flip flopping around. Yeah. Um, Jeff Rollins makes a good point and and Brittany S agreeing with him as well. John Gallagher looked real good in limited minutes with Austin. Love to get that 250,000 back. I would agree. I do miss that guy. I think he would have been a perfect spark plug to put in right now, especially in the absence of uh, the once in once in future King Joseph Martinez up front. I think, yeah. I don't know. And Elliot Beeman begs the question, where's Eric Lopez? He He's not, a, I don't see him. I don't think he's on the bench yet again. Uh, Tyler Wolf has been making the 18 as opposed to Eric Lopez. I don't believe it is an international slot issue at this point, right? I know we saw Mateus Hosetu is being loaned out to ATL2 or ATL UTD2 until he gets his green card situa- situated. And once he does that, get him back into the into the senior squad. And I, I, I think that we are – I think we need to take more chances, to be honest – and and I think that I don't know. I, it, it's hard for me. I'm not a tactician. I'm never going to claim to be. I don't know what's leading to that breakdown up front. Dan can probably speak further to that. But I mean, he he brought up the point of not having anybody in the box. And there are multiple times where the commentators on on Unimas were were saying there's like there 
Lissandra Lopez should be on the back post. Like there's nobody on the back post right now. There's a cross coming in and there's nobody there for it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if we're just still kind of getting that part figured out. I don't, I have no idea, but it'll change. Yeah. I'm sure it'll change. And I think some of the team is still building chemistry. You know, Dan, to your point about damn, not being in the lineup earlier, that was some of the stuff that I saw in that. Uh, I think it was the second leg. Whenever he did come in, whenever he and Lopez were playing up top, and just the consistent lack of chemistry between the two of them, where Lopez is expecting him to make a run, and I mean, granted, it was a terrible pass to him, but expecting him to be in a certain position when he wasn't, and vice versa. Damn, expecting Lopez to be in a certain position whenever he wasn't. I think. It's it's kind of this microcosm of what's happening on that front side of the ball where there's clearly a lot of talent and a lot of individual talent, but it's a matter of getting those individual talents to mesh and sync up uh, together where they're all at and where they're all uh, anticipated to be at in, in the run of play. Yeah, and I think I think we'll get there pretty soon because under FDB, I mean, he was trying to preach that same thing. Like, But the thing is... He would never give directions, and Heinz is the complete opposite. He will. Oh my god! Can exactly we just admire the fact that he's actually where? on the feet, like standing on the sideline, <laughs> coach, like yeah. actively managing? I mean, that alone, Jesus. And he smiles yeah. no matter how like uh, how cheeky that smile is. Like he's like, like, yeah, no, exactly. It's it's a very like wry yeah. smile that he gives, like when he's unimpressed with what's going on. I think yeah. is I gave. Um, I feel like the more. And more as, as as things go on. I mean, I thought FDB. I when he came, I was excited about it. I thought a lot of his, you know, there's some similarities with what we were doing, but I still feel at this point in time the attack is more. I still feel it's better than it was last year, and and I felt like I get. Well, the, in hindsight, Martinez isn't in the lineup. Well, in hindsight, I think I gave. <laughs> DeBoer a lot more patience than he probably deserved. An F plus is still an F. You know what I mean? Like it's still failing. <laughs> so that's the the attack is still yeah. failing. Whereas yeah. the defense and the the build up play. I mean, you could thank Frank. I mean, without him, I don't know if we'd have three shutouts in a row. Honestly, I think that this is just a layover from his tenure. Honestly, yeah. Uh, I yeah, definitely <laughs> with Miles. Well, I mean, you know, Miles is Miles well, came sure. out as. With um, the FDB, we've never had a defender like Miles. Uh, going back to international slots, sorry, Tim. We have 10 guys count towards our international slots. I think we only have nine slots, and those include Meza and Rosetto being loaned out. Um, so maybe Eric Lopez is a uh, an available international spot guy. I believe he is out. available right now. Yeah, he is. I mean he he was he played for us in preseason. I don't. Granted, I the different sanctioning bodies. I'm sure, but I mean, I don't know that we would have given him play time in preseason mm-hmm. if we knew that he was going to be ineligible going into the season. We could have given oh, him no, more no. time. With it, yeah, with the Hughes or something like that. I think it's just a sort of sorting out the paperwork. I definitely think he's. I don't think he's not performing or or something, but um, I think he's. There's every intent to get Eric Lopez involved or to be available this this season. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Jeff Rollins makes a point about FDB because 
Who said that? Somebody said, Brian said Frank didn't deserve it. I don't know if he's talking about the, the patience um, or, or the axing. I don't know. But Jeff Rollins was saying two trophies. Honestly, uh, honestly, though, FDB can coach defense. That's true. He to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a scapegoat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I had it. Uh, I had it pinned on the screen, but it was pretty positive to see. Uh, Stephen Perales was saying um, that Miles was in the MLS team of the week, and that was it was fantastic. And to his point, the Moreno Martinez uh, needs more chemistry. Hopefully, uh, he learns Joseph's runs. I hope so too. It's it's all it's it's all in due time. I think. And uh, the good thing about, I mean, Heinzer has a plan. He has a plan. He's so did FDB. He it to the guy. He had a 10-year plan. You were saying he had a whole mortgage plan. He had a 30-year plan lined up for us, Dan. You said we he got did. a low, low interest rate. We yeah, all refinanced for him. We were we were hooked, line, and sinker on it. Turns out he it was a have jumbo. A it was, it was a FD, junk jumbo FDB rate. He didn't know exactly. how to communicate his plan to the players. So – you're gonna have all the plans in the world, but as you well know well know very well, Kevin, if you can't communicate those plans, it's it is junk. You're saying I'm junk? Yeah. Well, you said you sure. were. You Why said not? you're a predator. He called you a no. predat- predatory <laughs> loan. Well, I heard. That's what I heard. <laughs> he called you a predatory loan, Kevin. That's pretty rude. Why yeah. have you got to be stuffing these things in people's mailboxes, Kevin? <laughs> I mean, rates are going back up, Dan. You got to do it now. There's a stimulus check out there. It's happening. Well, guess what's not losing value, and and that's gold. And I'm here to talk to you about about buying gold. (laughs) What are you talking about? Sponsor at Home Before Dark is gold. Did you see Dogecoin? Did you see Dogecoin the past couple of days? No, see, I'm a Tron guy. I'm a Tron guy. Tron? What the fuck is that? Doge, man. Tron? Doge all the way. Went up like tons of percent. So did so did Tron. So what were your uh, biggest takeaways from from this week's game, guys? Uh, we continue to progress on the path of success. Um, we're getting better. Uh, I was re- yeah, you know, Orlando were the favorites going in there. Uh, we shut them out, even though they shut us out. I feel like I was predicting that we would lose. Uh, so I felt like for the most part there was some nervy things and um, nervy moments guzan made that in, in some incredible saves um there was a, some luck happening there um so we could it could have been a lot worse but we didn't and i feel like it's something to build on okay you play so to win you? the game or you play to draw the game if you're going away yeah. in the swamps of of orlando True. True, true. Playing in front of, playing in front of that crowd, and hopefully, I mean, I think hopefully it was deflating to them uh, more than it was anything. But just because, fuck them. But um, so, do you no, guys but- think after that game? Again, we're, I think it's uh, first first game of the season, right? Like we're we're no longer in preseason form. Obviously, the team is still improving, and we expect that to continue but do you think one weekend this is an mls cup champion in the making in atlanta united 
Yeah, I've been saying this all along, fam. This is <laughs> championship or bust, dude. Yeah, I mean, we've conceded no goals. Yeah. Like, like, Brittany, like, like, like Brittany S said, 99 no- more points, right? <laughs> We're going to hit 100 no. points this season. We're going to hit it's... 100 points. I don't think we're going to win the Supporter Shield, but I think, I think we we're could gonna, win MLS. We're going to run away with We're not just going to win it, baby. We're running away with the Supporter Shield. So, I mean, all of this is kind <laughs> of a segue to just talk about the current betting odds for the 2021 MLS Cup. Oh, um, run it down, Kev. Run it down. Hold on. No, I want to ask you guys what – so I ran – I, I didn't want to ruin it for Kevin, but I did. I found um, the. I think they're live odds. They do that a lot now. I don't know if you guys have noticed. Like watch UFC, and they're always like the live yeah. odds. Like two minutes into the second round is. Well, like, you know that DraftKings actually got a. They they're doing a deal with. I don't know if it's DirecTV or something where you can use your remote to place bets and stuff on the TV in real time mm-hmm. with sporting events. Kevin promoting gambling just like predatory loans. I'm I'm about it. I'm all about it. Just like predatory loans. I'm all about it. (laughs) No, so I wanted to get your guys' thoughts. So I have – this is sportsbettingdime.com. Don't go – don't open it, Dan. Don't open it, Kevin. I want to ask you guys, but for those of you who are watching or listening at home, uh, just to give you – so these are based off of DraftKings odds, it looks like, and they're live. Um, So right now – Kevin, I want you to give me who you think the top five favorites are to win MLS Cup. Um, and I'll and I'll tell you in real time if they're one of the five teams. Columbus. Actually, I won't tell you in real time. I'll wait for Dan. Hold on. Oh, thanks. This Dan. is this is going to be a longer episode, I right, think, so, guys. So but it's top it's- five. I'm going to say Columbus, LAFC. Portland, Philly. Portland, Philly. Okay. Seattle. Okay. Dan. All right. I'm going to go to uh, results from last week. So So I'm definitely going to have Columbus. So my top five, right? So Columbus, definitely. Um, I'm going to put, man, do, 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 do. <laughs> Portland. Okay. LAFC. Sure. Um, I'm also going to put in Philadelphia. Okay. So you're just saying my five. Okay. Why don't and you the just last say one. whatever Kevin said? Um, I will say Atlanta United. Is oh, that what you yeah. said? No, I did not say that. So, in I'm order. So, if you guys odds work is four hundred. This isn't like one odds, whatever. Four hundred. So, meaning you have to bet four hundred dollars to win a hundred dollars. Uh, one highest odds, LAFC, which is pretty crazy. Not crazy, but considering they've they've flamed out in the past two. Um, the last two seasons, right? Um, in the playoffs. Well, uh, have we heard crew. of Vela's injury? 
I did not realize I missed that, I guess, that they got hurt. He got subbed off. I don't know what the injury um, is. Gotcha. And we still haven't heard about Pato's injury, right? Hopefully he's fine. He's had such a angled career. Um, number two at 550, uh, Columbus Crew, defending champions, Columbus in the crew. Um, they looked pretty good um, yes, right, against Philly. They, they played Philly yesterday, right? That's who it. I guess they drew that game. They still looked pretty decent um, in the bits that I watched. Okay, at 650, and who I think are probably the best-looking team that I've seen. Granted, I haven't watched 90 minutes of everybody so far, but Seattle Sounders at number three. Um, so Kevin has that. Dan didn't guess them. This is the most surprising one to me. So at four, at plus 900, we have Toronto FC, who seems to be like a fucking powerhouse in MLS. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Which is very interesting to me um, because could it just on- be a recognition? Like I don't know, they didn't even Vince make the playoffs it, yeah. last year, did they? Yeah, yeah, they did. They did. I'm so Toronto are one of those teams where no matter what, I don't count them out because there's They've some consistently way. Been in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be Seattle. They- Against, against so. Montreal, they didn't play. Well, no, they they didn't. They did play. I mean, they got beat four two, but it's like, are they prioritizing? Um, are they prioritizing Champions League, which I feel like they should. It's only the first game of the year. Uh, I don't know. I can just never count Toronto out. I can never count Seattle out. Yeah. What was the fifth one, Tim? Fifth one's. Um, you guys both got Philly, dupe. Four or Actually, five. I'll uh, take that. And I will say, in one that neither of you guys guessed, uh, are tied at a plus eleven hundred with Philly at, at six. I guess they're tied for fifth, as it were. Uh, uh, it's New York City FC, and then we uh, just. Yeah. And again, these are these are live odds, which is interesting because because they lost this oh, past weekend and started the Red Bulls, didn't they? Um, NYCFC lost to DC, and then the Red Bulls lost to. Kansas City two um, one, yeah, that's right. Um, but it's interesting though because opening odds, which came out on March fifteenth, were LAFC at plus four hundred, which they still are, so they're still holding steady uh, at a pretty heavy, uh, pretty heavy odds early season, especially in a league that has so much parity. Um, but Columbus and Seattle were both plus five hundred. I guess these odds. Wait, this maybe, can't be right. You said you'd had to bet four hundred to win a hundred. Yes. So, so why would the back. favorite win? Is that? It's sense? just because it's because normally with like fight odds or like two teams playing against each other, heads up. It's you have the favorite's going to be actually no. You're right. You're right. You're right. No, that doesn't bet, make sense because then it would bet, be bet like a hundred dollars win four hundred dollars. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Sorry. That makes I'm, sense. I'm, okay. I'm used to the heads up where it's negative. Yes, you're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Correcting me. Yeah. Um. Because I was like, if yeah. the other one's plus five hundred for second place, that doesn't. That doesn't yeah. Make any sorry. Sense. Okay. 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 I'm still learning this stuff. I, I'm I'm used to the UFC and like uh, college game day odds where it's right. Uh, yeah. It's negatives. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You, yeah, you usually have a guy that's negative or a team that's yeah, negative. Yeah, I got you. Um, Atlanta United checks in at, what is this, like two, four, six, eight, and 10th, tied for 10th with uh, Portland and FC Dallas at plus 2,500. So. You said that's Atlanta? Yep. 
So you bet a hundred, you went 2,500. Yeah. So I believe these were last updated. I think they probably should update um, in the next day or two, I would guess. But again, these are live odds and I could, we'll put a link in the description uh, in the show notes to these, if you guys want to take a look at them um, to the, to the site that we're looking at for these odds. But anyway, yeah, like the worst (laughs) Houston and San Jose who played each other on opening night are tied with DC who, so two out of these three teams won on, uh, on the weekend at 15,000 plus 15,000 odds. And then the, the, the next closest to them is plus 8,000 with Vancouver. So like those three teams are heavily, heavily slated as underdogs. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. I was looking at that today. Um, LAFC still plus 400. So actually, so I'll, I'll be interested to see what those look like next week or later on in the week, whenever they get shifted, but yeah. Uh, yeah, Joe Johnstone's right. You pay a hundred and get four hundred. I know. I had one job. Two, yeah, I had one job. That's, that's <laughs> one job, Jim. One job. Yeah. Um, speaking of MLS openers this week, did any of you guys? Did any of you guys? I guess anybody in the trap or the two gentlemen uh, with me. Did you guys happen to see any of Chicago and New England on Saturday? They drew two two, right? Mm-hmm. They did. Uh. Uh-uh. Before we get to that, before we get to that, our score predictions, are we doing points for result and points for sure? Yeah. Score. One, so like one, one point one if you result. got the yeah, one for result, three for score, right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So before we get to Chicago talk. Oh, you're only doing this because you got one point. <laughs> <laughs> You're only doing this because you're the only one to score a point off of the predictions on Saturday. Got him. I checked <laughs> <Yeah>. first. <laughs> so yeah, I got a point. We can go to that. We can talk about we can talk about Chicago now. Yeah. You're right, because I predicted two nil Atlanta. Dan predicted two one. Two Orlando. one, yeah. yeah. Two one loss. And you predicted you predicted one one, right? Yep. So I'm All right, Chicago, Dan. Did you watch it? Do you uh, I watched a little bit of the highlights. Um, not much, really. Um, it's. I mean, we've we've. I mean, we've always had problems with Chicago in Chicago, but whenever they've come here, we've managed to handle our business. So, since they come in here, it's a home opener. I think that. I mean, Chicago are the favorites going into this. Um, do you have the betting odds, Tim? What's the uh, What's the line? What's the line? Let me see. While while you talk, I can I can pull that up. Um, well, Chicago the favorites. So I use SofaScore. So they're saying that um, Chicago are about a seven, and Atlanta United a six point eight five. So you know that Chicago's they're, a seven point favorite. No, 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 no. <laughs> right. So they're they're thinking it's going to be like a two one win Chicago. I don't think that so Chicago is going to score two goals on us. I feel like we've got a pretty good defense um, that's going to negate those. I could see like us grabbing like a, a one nil, maybe even a two nil uh, victory. Uh, but more than again, we've got we've got our own scoring issues. But I mean, I don't so know. So what do you think? What do you think? Score prediction. Let's hear it. What are you thinking? I'm gonna go two 0 
Two nil. All right. ATL. I think it was who was it? Brent Crawford said Chicago had some beautiful play that scares the hell out of me for this week. I I agree. Like the um I don't know a lot of their players' names. I know that Robert Barrich is very dangerous up front, and he was getting on the end of a lot of chances um, on Saturday. They they look like a good team. Like they're sneakily a good like a good team. And that said, our defense is outstanding, so I'm not worried about them scoring goals again as much as us scoring goals. Um, so I hate to do this, but I know it's a home opener. I'm gonna probably go with a nil nil i think we hold a uh, clean sheet again but i don't do i still think? don't know where the goals what are do you coming think ties from. huh you said nil nil who do you think ties <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh i'm gonna say that one you want nil. me to tell you who i think will score uh, yeah, and that'll be an extra point if you get any of the people that score right. We'll do an extra an extra one for that. So who do you think for All that? Right. It's almost like you should go not – you should just say 10-0 and then just list. <laughs> Why don't we just do 11-0 and then <laughs> – list the whole roster if you get the result right. And the That's a good right, who do you think, Dan? Um, I think – Moreno and Emerson Hyman. Okay. I'm going to say 1 0 Atlanta, and I think Barco. So, are we going to do um, Philadelphia Union as well? Uh, no, because that game's on. Oh, we're going to have a podcast Tuesday. before then. Yeah, that'll be on Tuesday, so we'll be fine there. Um, yeah, so we no. are according to so this is different types of odds. I don't know how this pans out. The score has I I think we were talking about it earlier. ESPN Plus's app is not very good. I don't like to use it for this stuff, but the score, which is I think Canada's version of of ESPN. Well, it's not affiliated with ESPN, but they're big sports network. They have a they have betting odds built into their app and they have Atlanta United at two two point oh five. I don't know if with the is that 2.05 to one odds and then draw is 3.6 to, to one odds. And then Chicago winning is 3.15 to one, I think. So we're, it looks like, I don't know how that works. If we're slight favorite. Yeah. I think we're slight favorites. Cause I'm no looking idea. at some of these odds right now and they are pretty damn lopsided. Like uh NYCFC are 1.38 versus a 6.1 to Cincinnati. Yeah. Okay. I think that's how that, I think that's work, how that works. But yeah, it looks like we have a we we are the slight favorites probably because we're at home. Um, so let's see what the trap is saying. Uh, Brittany S two nil Atlanta United. Elliot Beaven Atlanta one nil. Um, Brent Crawford. We're at home with fans. We should be okay. Two one Atlanta. Joe Johnstone. Good to see you, man. Uh, good to have you back in here. Four uh, two Atlanta. Brian one goal over three games. That doesn't make any sense to me. I think you were talking about something else. Oh, no, we've got two goals over three games. I don't know what that is. Um, Steven Perales, uh, 1-0 win. Atlanta off a penalty. Still think the offense needs time. Um, Michelle, 1-0. And Bello gets the goal. Mm, um, I hope so. I even says Guzan scores. Um, yeah. And Haleto, 0-0. And a lot of pitching afterwards. 
Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to go old school. Scoring soccer. <laughs> I wanted to go old school Atlanta United FC Weekly. And I put on Twitter earlier, I wanted to ask people to give us one positive and one negative from this past weekend, see what they came up mm. with. And the positive was overwhelmingly Sosa, but I'll get into him and I'll, I'll get into him. Uh, I guess now our favorite Orlando city troll, uh, Lee, uh, also known as everyone is a bozo. Um, is he a troll though? No, he's, he's not just a like a lovable troll. He's a friend yeah. now. He's just good with the bands. Um, one positive, y'all didn't win. One negative, we didn't win. Okay. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> uh, Larry Luke of uh, Way Down South, he's saying uh, positive, Sosa and Lennon. Negative, not enough creativity in the final third. Elliot Beaven, who I think has already probably chimed in here with this, but saying positive, uh, Guzan made good saves. And negative, need to do better on the final third. Uh, Michelle. Saying negative, Barco didn't punch Nani in the face. Agreed. Um, positive, Sosa's fun to watch, and I'm really excited to see him grow into the team. Uh, Brian Olivas saying positive, Sosa got me feeling real, real good about our midfield. Negative, Barco's still doing that thing where he holds on to the ball for roughly 364,278 years <laughs> before doing anything with it. Um, I think it's Nathan Lyons, Aon at Aurum, saying uh, positive, Sosa is a boss in the midfield. Negative, Guzan's distribution is a step back from Rocco. First full game for Guz, I know. Hopefully it improves. Uh, Santa United, bringing the gifts as always. Positive, defense looked solid. I like Hines' substitution. He wanted the W, and we tied on the road against a very good Orlando team. Negative, our finishing and our set pieces need some extra attention, not firing on all cylinders. Uh, our buddy Gabe Laja saying positive, Santiago Sosa is a beast. Negative, wasn't a phantom rainy on the right. That's a fair point. Uh, Alex Morrison, the aforementioned Alex Morrison, saying positive. It turns out we don't have a center back problem after all. Negative, Conway should get a chance platooning Joseph. He said it's a negative Joseph needs a platoon for now, but I'm hopeful for Conway. Um, and they got two more. Got uh, Kirkwood five stripes saying positive. Our defense is tight, and I feel like we played well for the first away game of the season. Negative, our midfield and attack is a little shaky. We need to make more of our counters and overall control of the game. And then last one, same, <laughs> pretty much the same as Lee from our buddy uh, LaFleur saying positive, we didn't lose. Negative, we didn't win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, didn't we, Tim, you know, we're, we read all of our comments and reviews. Didn't we get some comments last week that we need to read? Oh, my gosh. We actually got our first Podbean comment, which I thought was interesting. And I was trying to, I don't know if I have the login for our Podbean account or if we've even Podbean. I could read the beginning of it. I got it. I got it. Miko Fernandez, best dating click. It's an 18 campsite. (laughs) Um, Tim, Tim, oh, Tim, is this your alter ego? Timitope, Jacob. Uh, watch more video full HD. Click here. Another 18 cam site. Um, <laughs> we got a couple of all dot WTFs. Um, got a couple of those. But then we got some good ones. Um, Bowdy cool. Good to see Dan sporting the new kit. Now let's go to Orlando and take care of some business. And Edgar Hernandez. Keep them coming. Hashtag Unite Cocker. Yeah, and then one that's just a whole host of I, 
I won't even guess. I'm guessing Chinese characters, it looks like. I don't know, though. Uh, I'm speaking out of ignorance, obviously. but um, Probably some Pokemon we, shit. <laughs> that's probably what happened, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. We were talking about Pokemon. It was probably... Uh, it's all the kids, all the K pop fans came and supported us. That's what it was. Um, <laughs> oh, and by the way, Kevin won the, the guess on the, the prediction or the, the odds. He got four out of five. Dan got three out of five. Oh, another the, point um, for Kevin? I'll take that too. Yeah, another point for Kevin. Um, <laughs> Joe Johnstone asking if we're doing voicemails. Yes, that is correct. We're also asking. <laughs> we're not begging yet for new reviews on um, Apple Podcast, but we would. I'd subscribe. Much- I, mean, I think. I mean, this this is really the best thing we could ask for is you guys coming and tuning in live with us each and every smashing week the like button, smashing like and subscribe, hitting the bell bell icon so you can join us in the trap every week, and you know the engagements help fuel what the conversation and where things head during a typical show. So uh, really appreciate you guys for tuning in and helping us out with that every week. Uh, Elliot, yeah. even with the, with the hard hitting questions, who is best Pokemon? Fucking Al. Alakazam. Ooh. Ooh. I like it. Isn't it Al- ditto? Is it- Cause he can be all of them. Well, then he yeah, doesn't but a very like weak yeah, version of exactly, all of and he doesn't get all their attacks. Dan, fuck off, just go. That's like go. that's like saying isn't isn't TN the most uh, yeah? It's the like most powerful it's like, DBZ because yeah. he can multiply. No, yeah, no, he becomes weak. He loses part of himself. Exactly. exactly. Just for, no. Dan, just go. <laughs> Uh, we did get the question. Uh, I don't know if we want to get into it too much because it it completely consumed. Um, consumed Twitter today. Um, Jeff Rollins was asking, "What's y'all's thoughts on your Europe, uh, the Super League, European Super League?" I don't have any thoughts on it. Do we have enough Can't. time, Dan, for you to yeah, get into of it? Of course, man. We can go for it. Go for it. I don't. I don't know yet if I'm for or against it. I don't. <laughs> no, I mean honestly, part of it is Are like doing this vaccine again, man. I'm sick of it. Let's <laughs> pick a side. <laughs> Everyone knows Madonna is the winner. So, oh, God. Tim, Tim, just commit, man. Like, <sighs> I'm just kidding. All right, AstraZeneca, Team AstraZeneca, <laughs> bring home the blood clots, baby. No, so <laughs> the no, the Super League. It's it's hard for me because I feel like. It came out, it, it didn't come out of nowhere necessarily, but the announcement kind of came out of nowhere because there are like rumblings mm-hmm. of this happening for years and then them talking behind closed doors about it. And I understand gripes from the fans for their teams, given the consequences that the FAs are bound to put in place and what UEFA has put in place. Um, I don't know. It's weird to me because I see a lot of just self righteous bloviating all over social media about it where it's it's and i posted this and it's kind of facetiously where it was like it seems like people are it's good if it's a governing body if they're corrupt and don't enforce shit and they just take money from everyone and and don't really like transfer bans don't really need to stick and financial fair plays like this carrot that never gets or whatever, I don't know, a hammer that never gets fucking thrown down on anybody. Um, as long as the money's coming from 
from the Middle East, it's it, it seems like people are fine with it, right? So the that's that's my issue with it right now is that I don't think I think there's a lot of disingenuous argument against the Super League. I think there are a lot of critiques that can be made and a lot of criticisms that can be drawn of the league and how it's come about and what it is and just kind of the permanent nature of it. And I think part of it too is, gosh, I get, I could fucking talk forever about this. I, I think a lot of it has to do with changing the status quo. I think people are scared of that. Um, I don't think it's the best way to go about it, but I mean, I wasn't around whenever the UEFA league and, and European championships were created. I wasn't watching soccer whenever the premier league was created. And it seems like a lot of people are kind of drawing comparisons of back then and the I guess that was early nineties, right? Dan, whenever the Premier League, when the big teams kind of created that I Super I League know. or it, Avengers team, Tim. Which one? You gotta pick uh, one. Super League yeah. or Avengers. Avengers all day. Actually, we're in the middle of rewatching the Avengers right now. Um trying to make it through Ultron. Angie's never seen it. So um I think and Dan and I'll let I'll let you speak for for, Just for keep a minute. Robert too, California but, the entire time you're watching. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Andrew's watching. <laughs> watching. She's like, whose voice is that with Ultron? Oh. <laughs> I was like, whose voice do you think she, do you think it is? She goes, James Spader. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's all I can hear every I'm time. I'm the I fucking that. lizard king. That's, that's all I'm I can see. With I wish Ultron would say it so bad. Yeah. So part of it is I think UEFA is is kind of at fault for some of this. Uh, and I think part of it has to do with, if you're talking I'm like, one of, off of aim. yeah, Sorry, <laughs> one, of the, <laughs> one of the criticisms is the money. Um, like the reason, like Gary Neville was saying earlier, Dan today, his criticism was these teams can't expect to go out, make tens of millions of pounds from, from this competition and come be able to spend it to be in competition with these other teams in the premier league that don't have that opportunity. But at the same time, I mean, you have four teams that, granted, it's a meritocracy to get there. They get that money from UEFA and they're able to spend that back home or, you know, the TV money. I mean, the fact that like in the past however many years, like Wolves can compete with the majority of Europe for for um, for transfers. And, and I, I, I don't money. Money definitely obfuscates a lot of things. And I think the injection of money from different sources and, and all that obfuscates a lot of things. And I think if you have really rich owners with endless pockets of oil money, you can you can definitely violate fa- financial fair play, and you can you can ruin the the stability of a lot of these leagues on your own. I I don't know. I I I feel like I this is just word salad that's coming out, and I, I haven't been able to formulate a great thought about it. But I. I'm not necessarily for or against it. If it if if it means that my team, who is Liverpool, gets kicked out of EPL and gets kicked out of Champions League, I'm gonna be a little mad about it. Um, I don't know that I would stop supporting them just because of that, but I would just have to watch them play against a, the same eleven teams every single year, which I watch MLS do, and I, wa- I watch Atlanta United do that, and I watch the Pacers do that every year. I watch the Colts do that every year. So I mean, it's I don't know. No, it makes sense. Yeah, my so if you're any business in the world, you're and you're a you know for profit business, well, even a non profit, what you're trying to do the two things you're trying to do, you're trying to mitigate risk and you're trying to turn a profit. And what the Super League does is it mitigates risk 
and it turns a profit. And if you've got a ton of money, you're going to look to mitigate risk and turn a profit. So I'm not surprised that something like the Super League's coming on, coming along. It's going to happen. Um, I feel like all these, all these, uh, you know, these ethical gestures are really just that. They're just gestures. Nothing's really going to make an impact. Something like this is just going to come along anyway. You're always, you know, and after, you know, 30 years of the Super League, there's going to be another offshoot. There's always going to be something that comes out, just like you said, with the Premier League. Because, um, I mean, you know, if you look at it right now, the fact that there's two European Cups. Right, exactly. And which one do you want? You want to be in the Champions League. Why? Because you make the most money out of it. No, but so, Dan, the Europa League lets a lot more teams in, and it, it creates more competition, right? Like, yeah. I If you don't understand that football, soccer, is about making money, then I've got a serious wake-up for you, wake-up call for you. I've seen all these banners for, you know, it's built off the working man. Okay, when Trevor Francis became the first person to be, well, first man to be, transferred for a million pounds back in 1979 when did the working man at that point in time have a million pounds it hasn't been a working man's game forever i remember when arsenal made the move from highbury to the emirates stadium and people were balking at the 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 prices it doesn't matter the fact of the matter is people are going to pay what clubs are asking for to go see the games it's not it's not fair if you if you're part of an economic class that doesn't make the money and you can't afford to go to the games, there's going to be other people that are looking to to do that. I mean, you watch Sunderland till I die. Those are working class people. And what they do is they put their money into the club. That's where they choose to spend their money. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter really what the clubs do. They, they live and die by the club. If you're one of these people that say, okay, so if you're, let's say you're a Liverpool fan and they go to Super League, are you really going to, if you're going to like get rid of all your Liverpool stuff, if you're a purist, are you really a fan at that point? I just, it's, um, it's going to happen. I, it's not fair. The romantic part of me is like, yeah, we should, we want to be keeping football inclusive, but the, the capitalist part of the world doesn't, care for that it cares about making money so i would like for us all to like sit around and sing kumbaya and think that i can have this romantic notion that newport county in the league two can eventually win the premier league but that's just not realistic because it's money is what makes things happen and and I'm surprised that there has been so much backlash because it's it's to me when all that backlash happens, it shows it tells me that you don't understand the economic factors that are happening. And plus, Joe Joe Johnson in the trap said, "What's MLS? It's a closed system. It mitigates risk and it looks to make profit." So, I love I love the MLS. I'm glad I don't have to deal with relegation. Relegation is a horrible thing to deal with. I feel all these people who like pro rel, they've never really experienced relegation. So uh it um yeah, so 
Dan, I MLS just has, say, has already been this. All this talk about how you're on the side of making money, I've never been so proud to call you an American. I mean, I think you finally <laughs> made it. You know, I think if I had a vote, you'd you'd get your citizenship now. I think you've you've finally come over and you've re- you've really proven yourself to us. Kevin, you know what? I would say <laughs> something like, "It's been so long." that I've wanted to hear those words from you, Kevin. And as soon as I say them, you're just going to be like, get the fuck out of my country. And call them you. Immigration services. Knock, knock, knock. <laughs> INS, is that, yeah. No, um, I mean, it's, I, I hate that people are, that it's, that people are so against it. And, you know, I'm not gonna, and I wish it would all be like, the way it could be, or the way you know that that it seems like the vast majority to be, but I just don't see it ha- actually happening. Yeah, realistically. yeah, no. So, and the other thing too that I found very ironic is the twenty, the new reform for the Champions League that is slated to start in 2024, 2025. I mean, some of the stuff they complain about with the Super League is elite teams. Lots of money, unfair, balance. UEFA came out and they're like, okay, we're gonna inject more money, more, more TV or more TV time, more matches, guaranteed 10 matches per team. It's gonna be no longer a group bracket format. It's gonna start being, I think, just like a season. Is it just gonna be a table? Is what I understand it to be. And then expand it to however many more teams. Mm-hmm. It's just again, it- it's it's like the criticism for yeah it's it's like we can criticize these outsiders for starting something new but we're gonna pretty much do the same exact thing that they're doing but you know us you know us and we let more people like we met we let more teams in because that's why we'll never start a patreon yeah <laughs> so God I, mean, knows, that, I don't know i don't know how i'm gonna live without seeing apple on nicosia or whatever nicosia play in the opening round or like in the group stages i don't know what i'm gonna do without three weeks or four weeks of qualifying the fourth place in scotland playing against the third place in romania god like what am, what am i gonna do when it's just the same eight teams that end up playing in the quarterfinals the majority of the time like it's so it's I don't know. It's idiotic to me that the, some of the critics. I'm not calling people idiots for this, but the the criticism is very. I think it's hypocritical, is what I'm getting at. So um, to your point, Tim, the Super League announcement has just increased the competition from UEFA. So that's that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to increase competition, and eventually, you know, eventually, if the Super League doesn't work out then it will fail and that's okay. That's, that's fine. That's, that's just the path of the course. Then the best ones will be in, in UEFA in whatever form that takes. How, like other how can, how can UEFA in the, the points, like, I think Jeff Rollins and Brent Crawford were bringing up the, the points of the threatens, the, the threats of player bans from the world cup and from the Euro. I understand UEFA can, could keep players from playing in the Euro because they're the governing body over that. But how does that work? Is it FIFA or was it UEFA saying, because I'm pretty sure UEFA came out and said that they would ban any players competing in the super league from playing in the world cup. It might be just the, the various governing bodies, you know, so it would just affect European teams. So 
comma so ball would still be fine. Stupid. The sour grapes. Like, oh, but nobody cares that it's the because it's the FIFA World uh, World Cup uh, Club World Cup, right? Because FIFA's making the money. They're the governing body of the Club World Cup. But I, I mean, it's not that much different. It's actually less competitive than, and it's like a friendly competition than than uh, the Super League. So I, I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be really interesting. And I mean, if Super League comes about and the games are terrible between what is you know arguably the best teams in the world then no one's going to watch it but i think a lot of people are going to watch it because god knows la liga is so competitive that you know real madrid and barcelona get what like 90 something percent probably of the tv money all that revenue yeah. winning the champions league is a stupid amount of money yeah yeah it's like 100 million pounds something like that something if you win something champions like league. that yeah yeah. Uh, Longshore actually broke it all down on one of the Soccer Down Here episodes that it's just every stage that you get to is like another million another like 10 million yeah, and then you get that email from your owners whenever you're playing FIFA is like well we've only a lot we're going to take 40% yeah. of this you could use yeah. the rest for transfers like we're going to take we need this for administrative fees like this is a video game give me all the money mm-hmm. what are you doing Yeah. anyway um, Inter- it's been interesting reading Alexi Lalas's tweets actually uh, oh, people are like everyone is just hating him and he's like well it's kind of you know economics and driving competition so yeah you can call me uh, call me some horrible names but I'm just telling you how it is yeah I don't like the way that it came about that's if if it means more competitive soccer for me to watch, I'm all for it. But if it means like the breaking up and less soccer for me to watch, I don't know how I feel. Yeah, about and that's that. I mean, the, yeah, and that's not going to happen because it's just going to drive. Uh, I don't know. Does Champions League still say the same, or it's just going to drive more competition from the other competitions? It's Again, just going to force fact- more streaming services. That's all yeah. it's really gonna right. Be. Exactly. <laughs> that's what Jeff Holland like does. You're going to have the Sky the- Sports <laughs> streaming app, and that's the only way you're going to be able to watch it. So. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, right. Jeff Rollins yeah, taxes UEFA. and predatory loans. Yep. UEFA versus Super League is the same as cable versus streaming. <laughs> it's the same shit. Yeah, exactly. It's just different people involved. Yeah. Uh, All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. However, you found us. Uh, if you found us on iTunes, be sure to rate or review. If you found us on YouTube, however, you found us, be sure to like and subscribe. Hit that bell icon to get a notification each and every week whenever we go live. If you want to find us on Twitter or Instagram and interact with us directly, you can feel free to do so. Tim, where can they find you? I don't know if they'll find me anywhere after you called me an anti-vaxxer and I'm going to end up getting shadow banned from and blocked on everything. But I called you a neutral vaxxer. I said you just couldn't pick a side. It's even worse these days. No, I called him an (laughs) anti-vaxxer. And Michelle asked me very poignantly and very pointed if I'm mask or no mask. So I'll leave that for next week's episode. Leave you guys on a cliffhanger there. I can't wait to uh yeah you could find in uh joe johnstone's trying to organize a meet and greet i did not want to leave that out for the game on saturday socially distanced with masks i will not be there angie will not be there i don't think kevin will be there but and dan i don't know if you'll be there but uh no okay no, i will not be so, why are you guys gonna be there 
I just opted out just because I didn't know what was going to happen. My whole stance was I didn't have enough information to make a decision. Um, one with how many people and how it was going to be handled and all that. Like, I think you can socially distance a certain amount at the seating level, but entry and exit, how are you going to manage that? Um, the other side for me was just the, um, okay, so you opt in, but if I have a 100 level seat, am I going to end up being like 30 rows back because everything's having to get redistributed and how does that all work and everything else? So I just figured it'd be easier to opt out until we're back to full capacity. So, we uh we did the opposite where we didn't want to miss out potentially we opted in but said we would we didn't want to get moved up to because we're down in the 100s to get moved up in the 200s but angie and i bought our tickets long before we were married and they're not group <laughs> tickets so we actually got separated so anyway um so we're not going to be going but again we had no idea at the t- i feel like the the survey we could have, we should have talked about this before i guess i wish the survey would have gone out be- after the capacity announcement after yeah. all that stuff it doesn't make a whole ton of sense yeah. but anyway. i mean i expected as much from you two plastic fans <laughs> you never the know, guy like... who still hasn't even joined the waiting list you could have had season <laughs> tickets three years ago but you're just only like i'm waiting for it to be the right time i'm still not sure oh, it's, a, it's a pandemic oh. <laughs> yeah it's um <laughs> a lot of unknowns anyway you can find me at tim herb on instagram where i just post woodworking stuff so if you guys are that sort of thing <laughs> what about you dan <laughs> You can find me at DNJMS doing absolutely nothing, or you can follow me on Peloton at To the Power of Dan. I'm being good for my together. <laughs> I'm stop that just makes me think. Question. That makes me think of Nelly from The Office. To the power of three with the pyramid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not a pyramid. And you're, and you're British. Oh. And I'm British. Well, you find me as well at the architect. That's at the underscore ARC number one. T-E-C-T. Collectively at Home Before Dark. That's before spelled B and the number four. Love the hell out of you guys. Thank you so much to all the new faces in the trap, all the familiar ones there as well. Love the hell out of each and every one of you. You make this show what it is and keep us going each and every week. So we'll see you next time. As always, be home before dark. Let's go get the fire hose. I'm a fire starter. <laughs> a fire starter. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.